our blessed Lord had given us the Beatitudes, which ended with the encouragement, rejoice and be glad when you are persecuted for the cause of righteousness, when you are persecuted because of his name, because your reward will be great. If we are able, and if we do keep the instructions given to us in the Beatitudes, the Lord tells us, then we will be like salt and the salt of the earth. In other words, we will be able to preserve that which is on its way to corruption. And even as there's an encroaching darkness, if we observe the Beatitudes, we can be the light that reveals God's truth. And so this is what he offers us. To be salt and to be light for others. But what about himself? Isn't he the light that has come into the world? He is the light that the darkness cannot overcome. Yes, he is. And so he tells us in a way that we have to look to him as well. And we can imagine these are the Beatitudes. He's on the Mount, on the, on the Mount of Beatitudes. The crowds are listening. And he is going to develop what he has said in the Beatitudes and to show how he himself fulfills it. Do not imagine I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. Why would they think this? At that particular time, they wouldn't. But it would be an accusation brought against him later on. They would accuse him of being an opponent to Moses, that he had come to destroy that which they had received from Moses and the prophets. But he says, I have not come to abolish, but to complete them. Indeed, the the law of Moses was given so that it might lead us to perfection. It didn't have the power to make us um, perfect, righteous, good, but it, 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 it showed the places where we should not go. How does he complete them? Well, first of all, by himself fulfilling all that the prophets had said about himself, as he would say to, to Peter, let it be so, so that, or to John the Baptist, let it be so, so that all righteousness might be fulfilled. He would keep the law himself, and of course, he would complete it by giving us the power to observe the law. Each prophecy that had been spoken about him, he would fulfill. From his conception by a virgin, his birth from a virgin, his place of birth, the visitors who would come to see him when he was born, right through to being crucified between two thieves, to being stripped of his garments, buried in a stranger's tomb, to his resurrection and his ascension into heaven and so on. Each and every one of these more than 250 prophecies he would fulfill. 
And so he says, I tell you solemnly, till heaven and earth disappear, which it won't, heaven and earth will change, but it will remain. Not one dot, not one little stroke shall disappear from the law till its purpose is achieved. And what is the purpose of the law? The fulfillment of the law, St. Paul tells us, is love. And Christ himself will show us how we are to love. In fact, when the rich young man came to him and said, Good master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Our Lord responded, Keep the commandments. To which he said, Which one? And the Lord numerated the commandments for him. And he's amazed and says, But I've kept all of these from my earliest days. What more do I need? And the Lord could see that what he was looking for was a perfection, not the righteousness of the law, but perfection itself, which can only come by abandoning everything and following Christ. And that was too much. How could he abandon his wealth? So as long as there's something that keeps us back, we are only on the way to perfection. So the keeping of the law is important. So the Lord says, as conclusion, therefore, the man who infringes even one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be considered the least in the kingdom of heaven. Or, to put it another way, will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Because to infringe the commandment is essentially to place ourselves outside of the kingdom. But what's even worse is to teach others to do the same. Because there is something in us that causes us not to want to go to heaven alone or to hell alone. We want company. And so you'll find that those who sin will always encourage others to sin. And so the Lord says, he who keeps the commandments and teaches others will be considered great in the kingdom of heaven. And the Lord gives himself, or rather St. Luke um, shows us, the Lord himself did this. When St. Luke writes ab about our Lord, he says, Jesus began to do and to teach. He did it first before he taught it. And we also have to imitate him in this, that we do and then we teach what we have done. This, in fact, is the most convincing proof of the gospel of which we speak. In these days in which we live, in these evil days in which we live, there are many who infringe the commandments of God. And what is more, they teach others to do exactly the same. We see it in our education system, where the children are taught to violate the commandments of God. And sadly, we see it even in the church, where the commandments of God are minimized. And so we have the strange teachings these days, where it's even suggested that Marriage is an ideal, 
not a reality, but an ideal. And so we can't possibly expect everybody to live up to the ideal, can we? And so we accommodate them. And the suggestion even that um, the um, divorced and civilly remarried Catholics can live in an adulterous situation and still be admitted to the Eucharist because the thought is that the Eucharist is for sinners, which it is. It certainly is for sinners. But what we need to remember, it is for repentant sinners. To eat and drink unworthily, St. Paul tells us, is to eat and drink condemnation to ourselves. Let us then pray that we, each and every one of us, will strive with all our might to keep the commandments and to teach others to do the same so that we might all, as St. Thomas More says, meet happily in heaven. In the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Our blessed Lord had given us the Beatitudes, which ended with the encouragement, rejoice and be glad when you are persecuted for the cause of righteousness, when you are persecuted because of his name, because your reward will be great. If we are able, and if we do keep the instructions given to us in the Beatitudes, the Lord tells us then we will be like salt and the salt of the earth. In other words, we will be able to preserve that which the, is on its way to corruption. And even as there's an encroaching darkness, if we observe the Beatitudes, we can be the light that reveals God's truth. And so this is what he offers us. To be salt and to be light for others. But what about himself? Isn't he the light that has come into the world? He is the light that the darkness cannot overcome. Yes, he is. And so he tells us in a way that we have to look to him as well. And we can imagine these are the Beatitudes. He's on the Mount, on the, on the mount of Beatitudes. The crowds are listening. And he is going to develop what he has said in the Beatitudes and to show how he himself fulfills it. Do not imagine I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. Why would they think this? At that particular time, they wouldn't. But it would be an accusation brought against him later on. They would accuse him of being an opponent to Moses, that he had come to destroy that which they had received from Moses and the prophets. But he says, I have not come to abolish, but to complete them. Indeed, the, Mos the law of Moses was given so that it might lead us to perfection. It didn't have the power to make us um, perfect, righteous, good, but it, 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 it showed the places where 
we should not go. How does he complete them? Well, first of all, by himself fulfilling all that the prophets had said about himself. As he would say to, to Peter, let it be so, so that, or to John the Baptist, let it be so, so that all righteousness might be fulfilled. He would keep the law himself. And of course, he would complete it by giving us the power to observe the law. Each prophecy that had been spoken about him, he would fulfill. From his conception by a virgin, his birth from a virgin, his place of birth, the visitors who would come to see him when he was born, right through to being crucified between two thieves, to being stripped of his garments, buried in a stranger's tomb, to his resurrection and his ascension into heaven and so on. Each and every one of these more than 250 prophecies he would fulfill. And so he says, I tell you solemnly, till heaven and earth disappear, which it won't, heaven and earth will change, but it will remain. Not one dot, not one little stroke shall disappear from the law till its purpose is achieved. And what is the purpose of the law? The fulfillment of the law, St. Paul tells us, is love. And Christ himself will show us how we are to love. In fact, when the rich young man came to him and said, Good master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Our Lord responded, Keep the commandments. To which he said, Which one? And the Lord enumerated the commandments for him. And he's amazed and says, but I've kept all of these from my earliest days. What more do I need? And the Lord could see that what he was looking for was a perfection. Not the righteousness of the law, but perfection itself. Which can only come by abandoning everything and following Christ. And that was too much. How could he abandon his wealth? So as long as there's something that keeps us back, we are only on the way to perfection. So the keeping of the law is important. So the Lord says, as conclusion, therefore, the man who infringes even one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be considered the least in the kingdom of heaven. Or to put it another way, will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Because to infringe the commandment is essentially to place ourselves outside of the kingdom. But what's even worse is to teach others to do the same. Because there is something in us that causes us not to want to go to heaven alone or to hell alone. We want company. And so you'll find that those who sin will always encourage others to sin. And so the Lord says, he who keeps the commandments and teaches others will be considered great in the kingdom of heaven. And the Lord gives himself, or rather St. Luke 
um, shows us the Lord himself did this. When St. Luke writes about our Lord, he says, Jesus began to do and to teach. He did it first before he taught it. And we also have to imitate him in this, that we do and then we teach what we have done. This, in fact, is the most convincing proof of the gospel of which we speak. In these days in which we live, in these evil days in which we live, there are many who infringe the commandments of God. And what is more, they teach others to do exactly the same. We see it in our education system, where the children are taught to violate the commandments of God. And sadly, we see it even in the church, where the commandments of God are minimized. And so we have the strange teachings these days, where it's even suggested that marriage is an ideal. Not a reality, but an ideal. And so we can't possibly expect everybody to live up to the ideal, can we? And so we accommodate them. And there's a suggestion even that um, the um, divorced and civilly remarried Catholics can live in an adulterous situation and still be admitted to the Eucharist because the thought is that the Eucharist is for sinners, which it is. It certainly is for sinners. But what we need to remember, it is for repentant sinners. To eat and drink unworthily, St. Paul tells us, is to eat and drink condemnation to ourselves. Let us then pray that we, each and every one of us, will strive with all our might to keep the commandments and to teach others to do the same, so that we might all, as St. Thomas More says, meet happily in heaven. In the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. This MP3 recording has been made available by Family Life International. Help us to make many more available in order to promote our Catholic faith. Go to www.familyandlife.org.uk and donate today. Thank you.